0: This is Kelly Carlin, and welcome to Waking from the American Dream.
1: There is one whom I have wronged, and he looks at me angrily. This bothers me, no matter what I do. I offer my apologies. Always he ignores my pleas But I ask myself What the better man would do He would forgive me So I'll forgive me too There have been so many times That I have felt so low I would rather die than look at me From someone else's view And always there were those who would Gladly tell me I'm no good But I ask myself What the better man would do He would love me So I will love me too I've been ashamed the life that i've been living take my hand tell me i'm forgiven I've been ashamed. Of the life that I've been living. So take my hand and tell me I'm forgiven. So if you're walking down the street and you see a soul who's in defeat, don't you pass him by. No matter what you do. Brother, don't you understand That when you land A helping hand The person That you really help Is you, yeah Love your neighbor he will love you too If you do the things If you do the things Hey, if you things the better may do.
0: You gotta you gotta hold it to the very last note. I mean, you know, you can't cut that shit off that is eric schwartz with uh, better man and uh, if i'm sounding a little weird it's because well uh logan's not here today and i'm having to turn all the dials and push all the buttons and everything and i'm trying to get my voice oh there it is there's my voice <clears throat> okay much better some little black dial on the top there just did that made it sound so much better strange how that works uh Welcome, everyone. Welcome. Yes, that was Eric Schwartz with Better Man. Uh, Eric Schwartz, uh, friend of podcast, friend of Polymind, a friend indeed. Uh, I call him the music director of the Polymind Hangs. He's the one who comes and, uh, you know, he can play anything. Literally, you tell him, can we play? And he's like, sure. Yeah, let me just work it out. And then he works it out with all the guys and we play it. Welcome. Welcome, everyone to Waking from the American Dream on this fine August day. August. Yes, I am saying that word. That word, August, has come out of my mouth. It is August first, or as the pagans like to call it, Lamas. L a m m a s. Uh, ritual of the midsummer. It is the the exact point between the summer solstice and the autumnal equinox. It is where we now go. Okay, this summer thing is half over. If you didn't eat any corn or water ski yet, you better do it. I don't know. Water ski? I I was up in Big Bear this weekend and saw water skiing, and I thought, you know, I really want to do that. That looks like so much fun. I did it in my 20s. And then I just know it's going to be one of those experiences like – The catamaran experience that I had in Hawaii recently, where it's like the idea of doing it is amazing. And then I go out there on the ocean or slash lake or whatever it is and think, oh, I'm so afraid. Why did I do this? Oh, my God. I'm so sorry I did this to myself. But I'm sure some of you are just so happy and lovely with water sports. I'm going to try to also keep track of the Twitter feed today. Uh, so uh, in case anybody wants to uh, – is live here with me and wants to actually ask a question. Instead, I've gotten two bots sending me um, <laughs> spam. That's pretty fucking depressing. Is there anyone out there listening to me on Twitter right now? I hope so. If so, tweet me. Yeah. Um, Yes, so it's halfway through summer, so remember that, though. We still have half of summer left, so don't let the madmen you know who they are, tell you that we're not. You know, the ones that tell you that it's back to school immediately and Labor Day is just around the corner and all that kind of crap. No, be in this moment. Be here now. Please, please be here now. It's all we've got, right? <sighs> what else is going on? Well, I'm still, um, you know on a high from speaking a couple of weeks ago. In fact, Kyle Cease is my guest today, and he's actually not even in the studio yet. He's stuck on the 405. You know, you know that, LA people, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, he, he, he left from the Valley only 45 minutes before he was supposed to be here. That's, that's really not a good idea. As we know, that's, that's not enough time to get from the Valley to anywhere uh, at three o'clock or four o'clock in the afternoon in los angeles it's not time to get anywhere in los angeles at four o'clock basically y- you know if you need to get somewhere by 5 p.m in los angeles you need to leave at like ten thirty in the morning that's just the way it is oh the quality of life is so lovely oh i hear the dog barking that's stella as you know Nettie is no longer with us but stella's doing the barking now that's nice of her so I uh, just wanted to catch you up on a few things that I'm going to be doing um, coming up soon. This Sunday, which is Sunday the 4th, I'm going to be at the Zeitgeist Media Festival here in L.A. So I'm sure if you just Google Zeitgeist Media Festival, you'll get to their website and all that kind of stuff. I had Peter Joseph on the show um, when was that like four weeks ago? and he talked about that. so I'm gonna go, I'm gonna do like five minutes myself, um, just talk to the audience a little bit. I don't know exactly what I'm gonna say, but I'll say something that fills up five minutes of my time. And um, but that'll be very cool. There's like an amazing musicians and all sorts of stuff. And uh, then um, uh, Rick Overton will also uh, be on the lineup. So I will, uh, you know, Maybe introduce Rick. Maybe that'll happen. Oh, my guests are coming in right now. How nice. Um, And then um, Sunday, the 11th, I'll be doing um, Second City's, uh, again, TMI show. Um, I'm doing their one-year anniversary. Hello. And um, uh, Dylan Brody and I, another uh, friend of the podcast, uh, will be co-hosting their one-year anniversary. Um, Don't know what they're going to make us do, but they always make us do something fun and torturous. And um, not torturous bad, like they're not actually going to harm us. Uh, they're going to um, make us be funny. Damn them. Uh, so if you're in L.A., uh, come by and see Dylan and I doing that. And drum roll. This is my drum roll. And that was the um, rim shot that, from Kyle. Thank you, Kyle. Even though it didn't sound like a rim shot, it was just a right. thud like a drum. But it, but, the, but the intention was behind it.
2: I was excited. For the idea of like one of the hits was mine, but no one ever knew that. Like that's a fun (laughs) behind the scenes of the show.
0: Only if you'd been here, you would have known the secret of that moment. Right, and yeah. I just went and blabbed it out just like that. I know it's okay. It's cool. I know it's okay. Sorry, I've already disappointed. I've ba- in- already disappointed my guest, and he's been here fifteen seconds. No, you've
2: done. you first of all, you're doing great. And <laughs> in, in Back to the Future, there's a scene where um, Michael J. Fox swings at at Biff. Yeah, but it's actually Eric Stoltz's hand because he was the original. <sighs> so we kind of had the same thing. We just like, did that. One of these was yes,
0: yours. you were my Eric Stoltz. Yeah. Wow. I did that a lot. Oh my god. <laughs>
2: It's like every day. That's my Eric Stoltz. That's
0: good. That's cool. So the drum roll was – I don't know what's going on with – I have to check my equipment. Things are going wacky these days. The drum roll is about the fact that um, – ready? Everyone's sitting down out there? Okay. A Carlin Home Companion, yes, is coming to New York City and tickets are available today. Right now they started selling them. I'm only doing four shows. It's a 60-seat theater. You better snatch those puppies up because they're going to go fast, trust me. Uh, but to get them, you can go to afofest.org forward slash tickets and you can get my tickets. Um, very excited. And I'm also doing a workshop with the festival on October 18th about the voices in our head, what keeps us from you know being creative and, and bold and all that kind of stuff. So you can come hang out with me in two ways in New York. Uh, but I'm very excited about that, and uh, it's been really, really actually nice time to spend away from the show and not doing it, um, but I think I need to start working on my memorization again because it's a 90-minute show, and holy shit, I've got to keep that shit alive in my head. So next week, I will be doing memorization one day, just letting you all know that because that way you can tweet me and make sure that I'm doing that. Um, and speaking of Twitter, if you're on Twitter right now and live, um, feel free to say hi and um uh, ask us a question or something like that, or whatever. But you know me, I'll probably end up spacing out and forgetting to look or something. But you know, it'll be a good intention to do that this time. Okay, so anyway, I wrote a new essay for today. Very excited. Um, it's kind of an interesting little thing. I, I did it very differently. It's it's kind of different for me. But um, it's, it's uh, basically, this phrase came to me last night, which was to find your voice, you have to use your voice. And uh, I thought, wow, that's powerful because it's true and it's exactly what happened in my life. So um, so think of this as kind of a, I don't know, beat poem? I don't know. It's, I don't know what it is. Anyway, you'll figure it out. It's called Finding Voice. To find your voice, you have to use your voice. That means you might have to dare to go to the store and buy the journal and take the time every day that time before the world snatches you away into being who it needs you to be, and write down your thoughts, whims, and feelings. To find your voice, you have to use your voice. For me, that meant almost 20 years ago reading the very first personal essay I'd ever written aloud with a shaky voice to my father, and then hearing the tears of joy in his voice on the other side of the phone. To find your voice, you have to use your voice. That means you might need to follow that urge to pick up that guitar you haven't in 20 years and let the melody that needs to be heard by you and the world come alive through your fingers. To find your voice, you have to use your voice. For me, that meant writing my life story down over and over again in various forms so that I could finally, finally find my way through it instead of being stuck in it to find your voice you have to use your voice that means you might need to say to your husband or wife or lover or friend i need this to be different i need to have some alone time to find myself or i need to have some more us time so we can find each other again or i need to quit my job at the insurance firm and get a master's in zoology To find your voice, you have to use your voice. For me, that meant telling people around me my dreams and vision for my life, whether that be me needing to be funny and charming or deep and serious or both, whether it meant being on camera in front of the world or disappearing in grad school to study Jung and Campbell, whether it meant it was time to embrace my dad's legacy or create more space between he and I. To find your voice, you have to use your voice. That means daring to know what you know, daring to feel what you feel, Daring to allow yourself to be here on this big blue spinning ball completely. Daring to no longer distract yourself with the persona you have become to survive. To find your voice, you have to use your voice. For me, that meant getting over stage fright. To find your voice, you have to use your voice. That means doing more than thinking about what it will be like when, dot, 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 and taking the leap to do it now. Yes, that leap. We are all so afraid of that leap. It feels like we will die if we don't do it right. You won't. And you will. Yes, something will die. Something. Not you. Just an idea you have of who you are. It's time for that to die. Ideas of who we are have an expiration date. Yours is past due. To find your voice, you have to use your voice. For me, that meant starting a podcast and talking until I found what it was I truly wanted to say. To find your voice, you have to use your voice. That means doing it wrong, being afraid, taking two steps back, and yet loving yourself through it all. To find your voice, you have to use your voice. For me, that meant sometimes silencing myself and then feeling the pain of censorship and speaking clearer the next time. To find your voice, you have to use your voice. That means saying yes, even when you have no idea how you will make it so. That yes is your voice. That yes is your voice saving your life. That yes will thrill you and scare the shit out of you, but you will feel alive, more alive than you have felt in decades. To find your voice, you have to use your voice. For me, that meant saying yes to standing up in front of a group of people, running out of planned material and finding out exactly what it was I was there to say. To find your voice, you have to use your voice. To find your voice, you have to use your voice. To find your voice, you have to use your
3: A squid From the sluts, thick orange foundation, I'm a foreign damn
2: nation at your borderline waiting. Yeah. Horrified Satan with an angel a bunch, cause all these cookie motherfuckers be faking the fuck. Yeah, Oh, uh, so many babies yapping, talking about a revolution like they Tracy Chapman. Pitching like a motherfucker, making the game Right Complaining I'm faking, I'm taking my wrist back, I'm
3: depends on how you look at it. Rude boy status so bad, but damn I'm good at it. I should have been king as I open your minds. My revelation breaks free. to deliver hope for the blind. I make a terrorist, terrorist, prepare for his funeral. And I'm way beyond your government's apparent parents' approval. The most hated, but I know there's no greater power junkie on the binge. And damn, I'm so hated. The people, the A,
1: the k, the Fuck you rambo. The op, the ace, the Fuck rambo. The, piece, the eighth, the Op <laughs> Fuck
3: you, Rambo The Op, the A, the M-P-O Fuck it, Rambo Talk crazy motherfucker, get a jab in the jaw Cause I ain't known to fuck around like a blasphemy law Come around to your town, son, I conquer with the fish and tie me And y'all should know that mushroom guys ain't got a silver lining You fucking fail cause I do the thing better. This is first person juke, nuke and shoot a game's flag Boomerang rappers getting bone to the dogs I'm only nice when I'm getting don't bone in a feel the guilt of your guard With the sound of my war cry Silly motherfuckers keep doubting you all die Descending the Genghis, I'm the master card Real children is too big, you can ask your moms The peace, the ace, the case, the
1: op Fuck it, Rambo. am more The op, the ace, the M-P-O it's a to the to the i on to the t to the day that i die r to the to the mbo what the fuck you all know its ab to the A to the K to the I, on to the T to the day that I die. R to the A to the
3: MBO Mickey Rambo, Aldo, Apache Commando, Sambo, kick another rap to your sample. Yeah. Tango with death, i am a killer with mad soul. Last on your neck, put my foot in your asshole. After yeah. your cap, my inglorious fruit. Straight bastards, brawny and stronger than you. Take classes, learn how we got him on racks. Hit the face with a bag full of Taliban scouts. Call it all as You ligging in your pussy sheets, chillin' up in Cali, all the way up in the Middle East. Is the deep putting in my work on these city streets, panic be pulling up your skirt, like. a
1: Great. The will the eight, the cake, the eye.
0: That was my dear Pakistani friend, Adil Omar, the young young man who uh, found me on Twitter by saying, hey, I'm a young hip hop artist in Pakistan and I love your dad. And I was like, wow, there's hope for the fucking world right now. Like that gave me hope. And uh, that's his famous Paki Rambo. And uh, he is A-D-I-L Omar, O-M-A-R. Check him out. He's got amazing music. He comes to the States a lot. He's worked with a bunch of different hip-hop artists, and uh, and I call him my little brother, and he calls me his big sister, and it makes me all warm inside when he does that. So, everyone, I want to welcome my guest officially, even though we never, like, you know, do it officially because the person always talks before they're supposed to, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, I just – have a few things to say about Mr. Kyle Cease um, and I've made up a new word because it fits me too. He's both funny and transformy. <laughs> I like that. I like that too. Yeah. Trans funny. Trans funny. Oh, mm. we just invented something. Mm. Uh, and he says on his website, which I love, um, he says, I don't know how to present myself to you. I'm being myself as truthfully as I can be. I'm someone who is an extremely experienced stand-up comedian. I'm also someone who knows how to help people get better at doing stuff. I can take my comedy experience to get people out of nerves. I can get people out of fear and help people get exactly where they want to be. The challenge is that people only see one world or the other. You're either a funny cynic or a positive nut job. I'm right in the middle of this. I am cynical, but I'm cynical about doubt. I'm cynical about fears. I believe they are the illusion. And as all of you, my fine listeners know, that paragraph pretty much could distra- describe me. So basically Kyle is my twin. Mm. And it's just been weird. Just the whole experience Kyle and I've had with each other. It's yeah. like holding up a mirror and... um and, and there we are. So I'm really excited you're here to hang out today and we're going to talk and and maybe people will tweet us and, uh, you know, we'll have a grand old time. So welcome to the show, Kyle.
2: Thank you. I, I'm, I'm so excited that I was just saying to you before how much you had said to me after we just did an event that I did, you said, wow, you're giving people permission. And it's funny because we all need that. And people don't realize how much when they just step into that space of, of truth, it's always scary because so many people around you are so cynical and angry and we just live in a world where saying anything that's real is scary. But just you reading what you just wrote mm. it was just like I felt myself just settle into my space here and just felt <laughs> oh good because you know, especially when I know, you know, we work around comedians too. Yeah. And so I'm always like I have a thing still that I'm undoing about comedians. You've been and, wounded a little bit. Yeah. You and have. Major. And, yeah. And, uh, but that, that wound has caused a massive change in my life and it's been, I wouldn't take it back at all. And, you know, I'm sure there's, there's truth behind what caused the wound and, and it was, it was something that I absolutely needed reflected to me and it mm-hmm. caused me to learn so much about myself and it, and I'm so excited about how much more there is to, to learn, but y- you, Doing this has been such an amazing... Just hanging with you in the last few weeks has caused me to feel so much more alignment with this voice that I know exists, but it only had been existing internally. Yes, you yes. Know? And and you, I don't have a reference. We don't really have no, a... No, we
0: don't at all. Yeah. It, we
2: don't have a funny Wayne Dyer. Or right. a, you know, like a funny Eckhart Tolle. Unless it, you just count them. <laughs>
0: although Eckhart Tolle, I have a couple of his CDs. He's kind of funny. Yeah. He's got, a, he's got a kind of an impish little sense of humor and a devilish little laugh about him.
2: <laughs> you know what time I did something that has been pulled off the internet that I wish – I wish I would give anything for to still have because we also pulled the file off the computer. But I took – Footage of Eck- real footage of Eckhart Tolle answering a guy's kind of questions. He had just some shy PG questions about sexualities. Like right. he's like, I see a woman jogging and I feel a little tense. And Eckhart Tolle answers his question and he goes, "Thank you. I know what you mean." And I took a video of myself asking the most rated NC-17 like it was like the craziest sex questions like I just find myself wanting to choke all over and release all over her breath and it just cuts to Eckhart with his nice smile it really looks like a real interview And it looks so real that Eckhart saw it and said to the people that showed it to him, he goes, I remember this. <laughs> so he doesn't even know. He thought it, he believed it and oh, thought this actually wow. happened. And uh, But the video is is so unbelievably funny. I think it's the funniest thing I'd ever done. And And, and his people, not him. Right. To, they, they took it down yeah because yeah, well. people were like you know how could you have just said this to Eckhart and my <laughs> mind was like I'm bringing the mainstream to Eckhart yes you know because it's comedy meets transformation yeah. you need to have that bridge to yeah. bring the mainstream to it but it was so funny
0: yeah yeah and and before we get into the the thing that kind of wounded you and all of that I just sure. want to say that the the mirroring part because um you know in my head Since 1999 2000, for myself, I've been saying to people, or maybe even before that, you know, I feel like I'm part Tony Robbins or Mm Marion Williamson, and part Lucille Ball and Lily Tomlin, or something. And I don't know how to bridge these two worlds because I go to a Buddhist retreat, and you know, God forbid the word fuck is said anywhere. I Mm -hmm. mean, it's just like there's a bristling that goes on, and then. I go into the to the entertainment world and it's it's so much about well, you know, the entertainment business itself is such a fucking cynical nightmare. Mm-hmm. But but I but but I'm not a stand up, so I don't really had a have a place. I became quote unquote a storyteller, whereas where I found my safe space. Um, and so when I saw your video of what you do and you were like at some kind of place and there were lots of women in the audience and they were looking like they were at a little spiritual retreat and they all had their like yogish clothes on it was just kind of this I don't know what it mm. was it was some one of your many videos you have and yet you were totally being irreverent about them them mm-hmm. and the whole thing and yet at the same time you were speaking some really powerful stuff I was like <gasps> oh, my God, somebody's doing this. It's so yeah. exciting. I don't,
2: yeah, I don't understand why they it's, – it's, it's, I think that we're just so scared to actually transform, which is the most – honestly, the most challenging and easiest thing to do at the same time. Uh, yes, yeah. It's like if we just sat still for a couple hours, you'd suddenly <laughs> see life totally different <laughs> yep. right away. Yep. And I think that we do everything we can to cling to our story on the way up. So you might have had a breakthrough and suddenly you create this new group of people who are all transformed. Yes. And then we all hold hands at this place and we're all the group of people that transformed. You go to places like lightning in a bottle or those kind of things. Yes. And you see everybody there who's almost anti-people that haven't transformed, which is not, you know what it, it, Right.
0: God forbid you're not smearing blue paint on your tits. Right. Right.
2: <laughs> like, and that's why I just, and, and I think to myself about some things that just seem practically obvious that I want to do, and why does there have to be such a weird stigma attached to it? Like, why can't I eat healthy raw food with someone whose name isn't Rainbow Maka Sunshine? <laughs>
4: Like this is healthy
2: and good for me. You don't have to stop shaving your armpits. Right. Like this food is good for me. It just makes sense. Like, right. You know. Right. And, yes. And I don't know why would you go to like Cafe Gratitude? Everybody's like looking around like they're talking to cactuses, and in this days of bliss, and you're like that's good, but. It's like that – like there's a bridge of like why – there's a still a social thing happening and we yeah. need to be able to communicate in the way. Well,
0: and, and I think that there is something about that because it's, it sounds almost tribal in some ways because mm-hmm. it is. It's like, oh, I'm in the Buddhist – I mean I know when I started going to Buddhist retreats – well, first of all, I hate groups. So it was mm-hmm. hard for me to go to something like that and like be part of the group and kind of disappear my ego for five days the first mm-hmm. time I did it. and And then luckily I found a Buddhist teacher who – um her, her name's katriana reed and she was transgendering at the time and and which was amazing also it was like oh and i got the group that she was teaching was like oh these are all people that would would don't like groups right like we're in a group of people that don't like groups so we could be a re- like i found a little bit of that in there but but there is there's like this once you over identify mm-hmm. with the group Then you're afraid to like – I mean I have a friend who just today – and I will not say names or anything but she's a pretty big yoga trainer at a pretty big – one of those retreat – big retreat places that have – you know. and she said to me today and she's an old friend of mine. She's like, I I try to be irreverent and I try to be more bold and I want to be like you and funny and everything and people question my intentions all the time
2: which is all judgment.
0: It's I know and I said it sounds like a cult to me. Mhm. <laughs> because that's what cults do. Right. They tell you get in line or shut up or leave, you know. I mean, it's really
2: Yeah, it's really it's first of all, it's bizarre to me that you know, I'm trying to not sound like I'm having judgment for it because then that's me doing what I'm talking about. Right, right. But it is interesting when you have resistance to swear words. Yes. You know, like you're saying I'm spiritual, I'm wide open, except for all these things that (laughs) the mainstream is into. (laughs) Yeah. Just words scare me. Just I'm in resistance to someone. You know, there was a girl that I had a date with maybe two months ago and we were – I remember just doing a side joke like um, she basically – like something like she looked in a Kleenex box and it was, uh, like there was a beetle in there or something. And I, and then later I said some stupid joke. Like wouldn't it be weird if you looked in there again and like uh, there was a bunch of murderers in there? Like it was stupid. Right. And she like – it was way funnier. By the way, just so you know, the comic <laughs> in me wants you to know, it was delivered so much better. It was so much funnier than that. Um, it killed. No, um, but I said something stupid like that and she – she felt her stomach and told me that she can't hear stuff like that, you know. And Th- she the went into murderers, right? And I'm like, she goes, you know, you're gonna manifest that stuff with the universe. I'm like, the universe gets someone. when I'm. <laughs> the universe is feeling. If we're talking universe, <laughs> which by the way, we don't know which thing it is, right? But, okay, right. whatever but if, that is, yeah. That thing. And I, I get if uh, that's a side note, but. I think we spend so much time arguing over which invisible thing is which thing (laughs) that we end up not connecting to it. Right. Like... There's no denying that there's two of us. There's the part of us that doesn't know what to do. And the other part of us that if someone we love is at a party and they just went through a breakup, you can sit there and give them three hours of the greatest content off the cuff. Right, right. How do you access that person all the time under high pressure situations and all those places? So there are two of us. There's that creative place. There's that zone that exists. If you've been writing a book, you get five or six hours and suddenly you don't even have to pee or eat anymore. You're (laughs) like, that that zone exists. Yes. So some people go, oh, that's God flowing through you or the universe right. or whatever. Right. And I back all of those. I, I love the idea of just like I don't know and I'm right. okay right. with it. Right.
0: Whatever that. you have to name it is right. f- I'm not gonna argue over you know right. that logistics.
2: <laughs> right. But it's weird how on the way up of a spiritual path we get caught up in that method. Yeah. And I think the reason that we feel good is we have a, a breakthrough or we evolve and then we accidentally tie it to that thing. Mm-hmm. Like like I went 90 right. th- or
0: that group or that right right. right. Yeah, it happens right. only at
2: Agape. It right. happens only at
0: It only happens on a rock in Joshua Tree right. when I'm facing west.
2: And that's by the way the easiest way that so many people if they have bad intentions can control people because if you have an if you have a breakthrough, whatever's around you when you have that breakthrough, Right is the reason why in your mind.
0: Yeah, you're like you know you're like a duckling imprinting.
2: Right, (laughs) right. It
0: might be the same mechanism.
2: And I yeah, exactly. It's kind of (laughs) yeah. And you go through different processes where you start like I went 90 days eating all raw vegan, and in that time, I felt I felt so unbelievable. I got I needed two three hours of sleep. My focus was through the roof. A lot of weird synchronistic things started happening. Mm. And I felt amazing. And I remember a year later wanting to feel that again. So I tried to do the 90 days again. Yes. Nothing. But what was happening was I was evolving. Mm -hmm. That was what was happening. That was what I can associate it to.
0: Right, right. But
2: we always go, oh, it's only when I meditate four hours a day or it's only when I eat this way or it's only when I'm at this location.
0: Well, and that's what the ego immediately does. I mean, that's just the ego's job from a Mm -hmm. psychological point of view is its job is to glom on to whatever the thing is and say, oh, that's the thing and now those are the new rules. Because ego's job is to help us navigate life and right. not get killed by the lion basically and or the warlord or whatever it is isn't and,
2: it weird how much as you say that we're spending all day fixing stuff that's not broken
0: yes exactly abs 100% literally yeah. because that's the illusion is that oh we need these rules this things this is who i am i need to fast this amount of time i need to put, put my right leg over like this mm-hmm. and then everything will be okay right because it was once at one time and of course we we get those initial messages when we're two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, you know, like as the little kid too, we're, you know, a lot of the work I do with clients is like, I'll say, you know, what's keeping you from that? And then they'll tell me their story. And I'll say, well, how old were you when you first heard that story? And then I'll say four years old or something. Mm. So basically, you're running your entire life based on a four year old's point of view, Mm. and understanding of the world. And a right. 4-year-old has a very different understanding of the world. It's a beautiful magical understanding, but it's not accurate as an yeah. adult, you know. So the ego clumps onto whatever it can. So our job is always I mean they say the greatest saying I think in the world is if you see the Buddha in the road, kill him.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's what it means.
2: And he yeah. doesn't
0: have the answers.
2: And and I'll say something that I have been kind of toying with lately that ties to what you were saying kind of tying it's it's in a different way but tying mentality to age Mm
4: -hmm.
2: um one thing that i had read michael beckwith had written about and then i actually speak about this in, in my own words too is this this meant the different mentalities we have as we keep evolving and and one is the victim mentality which mm-hmm. michael beckwith calls to me which is where everybody says you yes. know it happened to me yes it's because of the economy it's because of the job it's because of all the stuff my parents right. whatever right and if you're in to me by the way if you're in a place of to me <laughs> your entire that. What's that? I
0: just love that. If you're into me. Yeah, I know. I just say it totally. <laughs> oh, no,
2: it's not even- but if you're in that mindset, you're a total victim to your circumstances. And you can pretty much tell when people are there based on them saying just a circumstance yep. and their happiness level about that, meaning like, my team won. Yes. I'm happy today because the group of men not from that city beat another group of men not really <laughs> from that other city. And since I'm
0: making more money than God right. himself.
2: Right. And since I'm only wiring myself to be happy in a one out of thirty six chance,
4: <laughs> based on
2: that team winning once a year, right. I, I, I'm really excited. So, um, but so that's the to me mindset. And then what I what I studied and kind of figured out, and what I went through myself mm-hmm. is to me at one point if you're a victim to your circumstances they will drive you to the ground eventually and one of three things happen B- or probably more but what i'm breaking it down to is yeah. that you get suicidal yes you get addicted to something which numbs this problem mm-hmm. or you figure out what caused it and you go into a second state of achieving like crazy because you right. And the reason people like Tony Robbins and, and, and uh, the secret were the biggest in the self-help scene was they were talking to victims. Mm -hmm. They started everything with, you know, do you want to make a million dollars? Do you want to get that life? Do you want to do this thing? Right. And they're all equal, you know, um, gears on the bike that are equally important. But the reason that they're so huge is because you can only speak to people in a victim mindset. Like Eckhart Tolle, can't as easily come in or, or Abraham Hicks or anything like that and say, you know, you can get into your soul and let go. People are like, I'm just here to get that girl. (laughs) right? (laughs) And so you go into the second mindset, which is, which, which Michael Beckwith, I believe called by me, Mm -hmm. which is where you go, this whole thing's run by me. I can you know I can I can get the job I can get the girl I can do everything so you become this kind of control freaky guy who thinks that when something happens I'll be happy mm-hmm. and you're still a victim in a way to your circumstances but you figured out how to make them all happen right so you live in the future because
0: you're still waiting for that external thing to complete you
2: right and Whatever you, it you is get a job you just go the what's car, next
0: right you just go what's next because it's it's not filling up anything
2: right. right and 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 the other funny thing is in by me first of all your creativity gets limited because you're so... Uh, stuck to a certain way to get to your thing.
0: Yeah, I call that strategic mind. Yeah, we talk about that yes. a lot here. Yeah, yeah,
2: and that's that's interesting you say that because yeah. I've been talking to someone lately who lives there, and it's actually making me dizzy because <laughs> um, <laughs> they're all strategy and there's no yeah. there's no in the moment feeling right there. yeah and when but when you're in that place the other thing is you're so so like, let's say you have an audition and you're in this mindset you're like I'm gonna make it happen you might work fifteen sixteen hours on that audition but Here's the thing. If you don't get it, you're going to go crazy. Mm -hmm. So to get out of the second place, you have to learn how to release control. And you go to having intention but being wide open to a million ways there and truly being present in the moment. right? And seeing everything as a fun thing that you can help, that can help you, that it's just awesome. And,
0: and, And that's so not what we're taught. Right. We are so not taught to... Um, you know, get in touch with the intention. I mean, and that's a step in itself that a lot of people don't even know how to do. Well, what do I, what do I want? Or really why need? would
2: I do that? Right. You or know, I'll you just, d- will I get the car then?
0: Right. Or mm-hmm. how do I even know what I really want and what my intention is? But, and then, and then letting go of the how right. is, is, you know, basically Madison Avenue. Mm-hmm. would would fall off the face of the earth if everyone did this because the only way to get to the to the intention in the end is to buy the thing that we need on the T V because if my breath isn't fresh right. and my toilet's not clean enough, I'm not gonna get right. that thing. I mean it's such the 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 scarcity thinking that, that well, we have.
2: And that's why I, I believe very much that's why when you said why why isn't this taught? Why don't we know this Because you couldn't sell us anything. Exactly. That we don't, the only way to get us to buy something that we don't need is to make us feel incomplete first. Yeah, You have to get us to take, remember we felt complete when we were four or five years old. We had intention. We knew what we wanted to do. We had visions of ourselves that were huge. We're going to be an astronaut or a a pilot or Superman or whatever. Right. And then society scares you. The news scares you. And we, by the way, our, 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 our main state, our natural state was creating. We wanted to build and And draw and color. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And then as time goes on, society scares you. Yes. And and you feel in lack and then, you know, you have to learn how to prepare. You know, you're going to elementary school to prepare for high school, to prepare for college, to prepare for work, to prepare 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 for for life retirement. (laughs) To prepare for death. You never enjoy any moment.
0: Right, exactly. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And and so how do you get the public who is, in my eyes, truly capable of doing anything, Mm. who is so, this sounds so corny, and we live in a world that's so scared to hear this crap, and it's such a threat to people for some reason, it's such a threat to the ego, to hear that it's doing something wrong necessarily, I'm not saying that at all, but we are so freaking unlimited, and we are so capable of doing so many things, but if you want someone to work in your factory, as a mindless robot. Yes. You have to make sure they don't know that they have that ability.
0: Yes, yes.
2: And you scare them. You have to intimidate them. You have to make sure the news is only picking and choosing stories of murder and, and plane and, crashes. And-,
0: and, and I wonder, too, though, I mean, I really do because I have met people – out there in the world and you know and I, I mean the, sh- the name of the show is waking from the American dream so mm-hmm. you know there's a, a level of sleepness happening <laughs> everywhere
2: it's so and it's and, so and it's, obvious, di- and now, it's yeah. different
0: degrees you know some of us are asleep to some things and some of us are you know more asleep to other things totally. but I I do wonder if if just there is a certain genetic makeup or a certain way a person is in the world just by the nature of who they are when they come out into the world that makes them more interested in evolution and transformation and mm. and moving forward versus someone who is really okay with just being in this smaller life and 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 I don't say that in a derogatory way but just that they don't want to know more mm-hmm. they're not interested and and I just, I just, I don't know. I don't yeah. know if that's a truth or not or but whatever, but I, I you know, I look out in the world sometimes and you, you see it <laughs> yeah. through the comments uh, on YouTube, <laughs> right. especially, and you think, wow, there's some really people clinging to this very small version of reality and – So small. And I don't think they're interested in it. So, you know, and that's the other thing too is like having to let go for me of thinking or needing everyone in the world to transform. Like right. I, I get that some people choose this path and are suffering in a certain way and – and are looking to, are, are willing, to, I mean, it takes a lot of, it's a strange irony, but it takes a lot of ego strength, healthy ego strength, to be able to look at yourself. Right. And to admit that you've, that it that it is your responsibility. Right. I mean, that alone, I remember learning that, that mm-hmm. it was my responsibility, like how I feel and what I think.
2: That's a weird moment. It is.
0: It? A, it is. It was a horrific moment, actually, because it was like oh, that means now I have to do something about it? Like, really? Like, I don't, I can't just wait for the fucking Prince Charming to come in and rescue my life?
2: See, I I figured that out in the safest place. Like, I learned it at a Tony Robbins seminar. Like, mm-hmm. that was the first time I saw. So it wasn't a, you've been doing everything wrong. It's like, a, get ready to grab the steering wheel and have the, like, yeah. do whatever you want. and. And but but what you were saying is like do they have that genetic thing? I I'm I'm definitely aware of the idea that my buddy pointed out to me that I've always been ridiculously out of the box driven and and like I started when I was 12 years old mm-hmm. at 15 I remember going how do I how do I do this more beyond comedy clubs and I remember asking a comic like where do like the, where do they make good money and how do they really do this and even, right. like, corporate parties and I remember calling the Chamber of Commerce and getting the the mailing labels. At 15. At 15. Yes. And sending out a flyer to 500 companies (laughs) that said, having a corporate party, looking for entertainment, call Kyle Cease. (laughs) And I sent it out and like immediately Sears, Nintendo, Microsoft. And what was fascinating, by the way, was because I was still a kid – it wasn't weird or – like when this happened, all these adults were like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. And to me, it was like there's a pen in front of you and you're asking for a pen. Grab right, it. Right, right. And, and to me, those things that were outside were just as easily accessible. And the only difference now when I look at it between that and what many adults think is like I just saw beyond what I had learned so far. Well,
0: and you didn't even know that there were rules. Right, right. You didn't even know. Yeah, I was that, so oblivious to rules. Yeah, like there, you didn't know there was a certain way to do things. You were just like, "Oh well, I want to go over there, therefore I'm going to walk the ten steps it takes to go over there." Yeah. Whereas adults go, "Well, there's one way to do it, and this is the way you do it, and you have to jump through these particular hoops, and you have to be this particular person, and do it the certain way." Yeah. And and so that's that that's amazing.
2: I'm I think that that's something I'm I'm really. I'm really lucky because I actually like the other day I had a friend say to me, what if you go for something and you fail? And I'm not kidding. I actually I still kind of don't get what that means. Mm-hmm. Like, like for me, like you start a company, runs the ground. Great. You start a bigger company. Like there's no end point to me. There's no we shouldn't have done this. In fact, the things that have happened to me in my life that most people would see, like, see, that was a big thing. I'm like, that's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. And yes. And yeah. So I don't I don't. I never I, – I had a very my, – my grandma was a famous puppeteer who was on the Carol Burnett show. Mm. And my grandma's brother was the prop man for Gallagher, which wow. was which was hilarious because when I was in second grade, I just – like that's the greatest way to get a second grader into uh, pretty comedy. Pretty much, yeah. Uh-huh. You know. Smashing
0: watermelons. Yeah. So <laughs> What I, more I, do you need? Yeah.
2: And I started doing his material in elementary school for right. the kids, which was funny because – I was musical, so I only heard the delivery timing. I didn't get what I was saying. Right. So right. I'd be like, women, you go out shopping, you buy us underwear that fits cardboard. Am I right, guys? And then I'd, like, pull out my dad's underwear, because that's what Gallagher had. He right. had underwear. And then we were all smaller, so I hit uh, Grape with a tack hammer to make it to scale. <laughs> but... <laughs> but that, A
0: kumquat. Yeah. Like, we are all smaller here, so... That's dumb.
2: Um, but... Uh, But yeah, like that, the fact that there were so many elements of out of the boxness and uh, me starting young, I think created something where I was oblivious to all these things learned. But what I hope that that can be for people is not that, oh, well, Kyle didn't, Kyle doesn't know. He doesn't know what it's like to be against the wall. Hopefully I can be a space to say this space is available.
4: Right. It's, you know, it's not like
2: I'm oblivious to what it's like. It's like, no, I'm a, an example of a person who has always lived outside of that way and that means it's available and i i Mm. said something recently that i would imagine uh i i got a lot of crap from comics for which i totally understand but sometimes i do wonder if it's if you know every once in a while you'll talk to someone and pretty much everyone can think of a time when they said something in a bar at a restaurant and it was really funny like they delivered it right right and I believe in a way it's possible that that means if you did it once, it's just, it's available. Uh-huh. Yeah, You just sure. maybe didn't channel it maybe you you know i'm lucky because when i was a little kid i'd say something funny and we endorsed comedy all over the place Mm, in my house certainly
0: you guys all had the comedic gene also so
2: like i just kept doing it yes
0: exactly yeah and
2: and i've been getting examples of that with people that i perceive to be tone deaf that and like i when we get into a quiet space for a while they start hearing it i have two friends that were tone deaf before that now can harmonize with Hmm. me. And I believe that the problem is more that we're living in our head because we were, it depends on how much we were ingrained that we have to do things by thought. And that you have to plan and be in the past and future. And those people are just literally disconnected from a higher frequency with their heart and their soul. And, you know, you're just like, no, wait, what do you mean? I have to get here. And you're just strategizing all the time.
0: Yeah. And, you know,
2: because I had one student that I was working with that was an aspiring comic. And people would say to me. What if you had someone that's just totally not funny? Right. And he was the guy I would think of because he was horrifyingly <laughs> bad. Like it was just like there's no way. He would way. like suck
0: the air out of the room. That's like my version of the opposite of funny. It's right. like there's like it just – anything that comes out of their mouth, it's just like
2: – It hurts. Yeah. And they like look at you to make sure you're laughing. Like <laughs> right. they're staring at you. <laughs> right. Like you're just in trouble if you don't. <laughs> yes. And yeah, this, this guy was like that. And then this is going to sound crazy – But we went into his past and we got him to change the meaning of something that his dad did to him when he was a kid. Wow. And he went from resistance to forgiveness, Uh which completely unhooked him from the situation because... A lot of times, I really believe more and more from working in this world and letting go of stuff myself, mm-hmm. when you take something that you're in resistance to, you're basically living your life scared to feel that again.
0: Yeah, ab- 100%, of course. Right? Yes. So, That's what neurosis is, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So
2: like if you're a kid and you're abused, and now all of a sudden you're thinking all the time, it's because you're strategizing how not to get hurt that way again. Yep, for sure. And everyone that does anything to you is that person in the past. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. You'll, you'll come back with meaner words, you'll fight harder you 'll do all the stuff, so i I found that I learned how to see the good and literally change the meaning of things that happened to me as a kid mm-hmm. um, you know all kinds of stuff I, I remember one time having an audition, and I was trying to go through things I appreciated and I got to my dad and And I was going through a lot of stuff because he was in his head a lot. And and I, in some ways, had not felt he was totally there for me. And then I started listing all these amazing things about him, how he started his own companies out of nowhere, how he did all this stuff. And I would realize all the companies I've started and all the the absolute oblivion to needing to work for some giant corporation. Right, right. That never happened. And it happened – I got to instead live – I just saw this example of someone who started company after company after company and that caused me to do it. And then I pictured like, I hope he doesn't have any regrets of the past and the rest of his life. So I sent him this letter just like, mm. I, I love you. And I'm, I want you to know that if everything that ever happened in the past with me, like caused me to be just, I'm really happy where I am and mm. I'm going to be a great father and a great husband and I'm going to be a great person. Mm. And thank you for it. And that day, like, and, and, forever after that like I flowed so much faster because I now have a permanent feeling that's different than before that day yeah of what my meaning of my dad is and when you have a resistance to someone in your past or a thing you did in the past you're literally living in a survival mode making sure it doesn't happen again yeah yeah and you're disconnecting from what's happening in this moment
0: yeah and and you are actually physically it's it's you know it's what they call reframing you're reframing an incident mm-hmm. you know or or a person or an event or whatever it is and what they found in the last 25 years <clears throat> which they didn't know before this in about the last 20 years is that the brain has this thing, it's called plasticity. Mm -hmm. So they used to think once that happened to you, you're damaged forever and you could never fix it. But they're actually found that through reframing or what they call changing the narrative or rewriting your history or rewriting your story, which part of that is, is letting go, finding a different way to be with something. You are literally Mm rewiring your brain in that moment. You are creating new neural pathways and and what you were talking about, that thing that we're in resistance all the time, why they, why they say what you resist persists is because the resistance is something that creates this neural pathway in you. Mm-hmm. And so the energy just naturally flows down the road. That's the deepest mm-hmm. in, in, in the, in the neural uh, network. And so when you, and that's why daily practice like meditation like you like you were saying earlier meditation or or any sort of uh, looking at yourself type of practice a reframing practice it 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 helps to cement the new story mm-hmm. so that when you get into a stressful situation you're usually triggered into your, your habitual behavior right but if you can the more you practice this new thinking new reframe new relationship or whatever it is it will literally jump over right. you know it's it's like jumping tracks you know yeah. it's like it's like in my essay when i talked about the leap that you have to make mm-hmm. that's the leap you have to be willing to take is just to believe that there is a new pathway a new right. neural pathway literally that can take your mind and your whole being obviously not just your mind to the to the new place
2: and what's even crazier Is when you realize you're not even, it's not even, first of all, it's not even that thing that happened. It's your current resistance to the thing. Yeah. And it's not even your resistance to the thing, it's your resistance to the thought about the thing. Mm -hmm. So what I started learning as time went on was that. You know, most people think like they think of law of attraction, like think good thoughts and and they think basically, so that means I'm like a cloud and I'm here to think really positive thoughts and turn it into the sun. Mm -hmm. What I believe is that we are actually the sky and that the clouds are this thing that are passing through. Yes. And we react to the clouds like they're us. So we, we fight them and we adjust to them all day. So we're fixing these problems that were just a thought. And that's why when I meditate, it's not some, it's not a Buddhist thing. It's not anything. It's just literally I sit and I just have a thought show up and you just sit still for a minute and a thought will come in and you'll have a thought like, how long am I doing this? Half an hour. (laughs) And then you'll, and then you start to observe that thought versus being that thought. So if you're being the thought, you're like, oh, that's way too much. Right. Like I got to stop this. Right. But if you sit there and you be the space for that thought to go through then you'll sit there and you'll notice. Wait, why do I think some? I, when I get to a half an hour, that'll be better. First of all, right. So then I can go check my Facebook again. Like, <laughs> right. why? What's the hurry? Yes. And then you'll be like, why do I want to check my face? Then you start observing all kinds of stuff because people write on my wall and I get love. Why do I want love so much? Because. You know, and you start going because mom didn't say she's proud of me that day, mm-hmm. and I th- and I believe that that's bad, and I don't even kept comprehend that she was having a bad day that right, day. Right, right, right. And you start to break down all the stuff just from sitting still, and then your meaning changes, and all these thoughts lose their power. And what what you have the option of doing, what I do is I just literally decide that, as weird as it sounds. I'm the love that and the space that these thoughts go through. Mm-hmm. So instead of fighting it, or and people will go, oh, it's not working. I'm not meditating right. That's all resistance still.
0: Yeah, and, same, and it's beside the point. It's actually yeah. a, it's a, an understanding of meditation that's improper.
2: Actually, right. yeah. Well, and the same voice that's that had the first thought is the same voice that's coming and going. This isn't working. A, I'm not doing yeah, it. Of course. Yeah. And yeah. and it's and ego's so tricky. It shows up, and and um, but. If you think of the thought as like a five-year-old who doesn't know any better, mm-hmm. you know, and then you're the mom who just loves it. Mm-hmm. You know, when a five-year-old says to his mom, you're stupid. The mom doesn't go, no, I'm not. She, she just goes, oh, he's tired and yep. it's time to take him out of Disneyland. And, yep. and, and so if you just be the space and you sit there, eventually these thoughts and you just let them let yeah there's not there the, what ego can't comprehend is there's nothing to do right when Just, people go what do i do i go kill the part of you that asked that <laughs> right yeah. <laughs> yeah you know because you saying what do i do implies there's somewhere else to be right so you're already in resistance to right now
0: it's the big it's the big trick of it all it yeah. really really is i mean I, I so understand what you're talking about and and actually it is and it, i mean it, even though you say it, it's not buddhist in a way it is it's it is what this is what the philosophy of buddhism is you sitting mm-hmm. in the ground of being which is What they call it, right. and you watch <clears throat> the ten thousand things, mm-hmm. which are the, all of the things, the forms that we create, you know, and uh, and your job really is to just to remind yourself to just keep witnessing all of those things, mm-hmm. and it, it is so hard for us to not attach to the things. And when I was first learning meditation, my teacher Katriana said, um, "You're you're actually your whole job is to." You'll find yourself going off on a tangent and get and forgetting to observe it all and you'll go off and you'll be like planning your vacation in October and you'll like Mm – you'll be on the jet ski and then you'll worry about the tickets and how much they're going to be. We're
2: just thinking that. And
0: then you're going to go the way – and then you'll catch yourself at some point and you go, oh, that's right. I was just supposed to be observing my thoughts or observing my breathing or whatever it is the thing you're focusing on to to understand. And she said your whole job is like exactly what you just said I loved – she said, is to love yourself in that moment as if you were a two-year-old learning to walk hmm. and say, it's okay, just come back over here mm-hmm. for a little while. Yeah, It's no big deal. And that act of self-love in that moment, that's the revelation for From me her. because most of the voices in your head say, you're doing it wrong. What What do I do now? Or whatever the little thing is you, you do – and instead to come into that space and to love that little part and just say, It's okay. It's okay you went on to Hawaii in October and was worrying about the tickets for a few minutes. Just come back over here and sit down and let's just watch the clouds mm. go by again. Let's watch those thoughts go by. And that that act of self love, like I never understood what self love meant. I would read, I would read a lot of books about it have uh, you can go look at my library a lot of books for many decades self-love what is this fucking thing called self-love mm. i didn't really actually know that it meant to love myself <laughs> <laughs> like to actually have an act of love for myself in a moment and say it's okay kelly you're okay
2: you know what i posted did you happen to see what i posted last night
0: i probably did not know
2: um <laughs> Why not? Fuck,
0: I know. I'm so sorry. I sent you my reel. I'm such a bad friend. Um, No, not at all. You're wonderful. (laughs) Um,
2: So I said, I said, here it is. I was up late last night. I've been communicating with someone who is a big strategy person and it dawned on me as time went on that I was in my head and I was up at two in the morning, like my head trying was to strategize hurting. for them probably. Well, it was like to meet them in conversation. I had to be meet that energy. That way. Yeah. And it was, it was just really hard. Like, and, um, so I ended up just sitting up and it was so silent and, I just felt amazing and it's interesting we're saying this because what I wrote was up late feeling a deep connection I want you to know that whatever you're going through I see you as pure love under all of it I know it sounds corny especially in a line of Facebook posts but I'm doing some major inner work over here and seeing more and more of who I really am which means I'm seeing that in everyone I see you differently than maybe even you see yourself and know that it's all perfect trust me you are incredible feel free to accept it and start from there.
0: hmm. Yeah, and- accepting that, yeah, in that moment. And, and you know, like when I go in my in my life, you know, it's like we can, you know, we talk about all this stuff and I, you know, I'm in a powerful place this week in my life and everything. But I have days, I have weeks where my depression comes back, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of self-doubt, a lot of anxiety, a lot of needing approval. I mean, all my old patterns come back and, and I forget. I forget who I am. That's you so know? exciting about
2: life, though. Yeah, because and th- you're, you're never there. You're never
0: there, and 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 it and it's a dance. It's a dance back and forth. And then you know. But I've learned during those weeks, instead of going into a panic about, oh my god, how do I get out of this? How do I get back to that other space where I felt connected and powerful? If I just say, you know what, today I need a cave day. Mm-hmm. I need to stay in bed. I need to watch Law and Order. And I need some in and out mm-hmm. and that's just, and that's just okay because I'm feeling really very vulnerable and I'm obviously I'm processing something and it's okay. Mm. And the minute I do that, sometimes it'll lift and I'll have a little energy to do something else. Or sometimes I'll just get in bed and do what I'm going to say, but I give myself permission mm-hmm. to be wherever I'm at. Right. That's Permission to be wherever you're at. Holy moly.
2: And that's, and that's, yeah, because that's all. Is because that's once again. If you go back to going, it's the method that I use. Like in other words, right now I feel this way, and when I was meditating over here this day, right, you know, I didn't feel that way. So I need to go back to doing this. I can't eat any in and out. I can't, you know, yeah. I can't do any long right. order because that'll make me worse. Right.
0: Whatever that is, that thing we think it is, and yet really it is just yeah. an act of self love and acceptance in the moment. Yeah. It's so. So powerful. And I know, I mean, I know in my heart of hearts that there would be world peace if we all could turn to our neighbors, look each other in the eye, and have that level of acceptance to the person standing in front of us mm. and teach ourselves how to have that acceptance for ourselves. I mean, I know it's its a huge task and a long shot, but I really – I get that self-acceptance is the core of real peace, mm. true peace and that. And and the cool thing about self-acceptance too is people like go, oh, well, then anything's okay. What if I self-accept that I'm a murderer? I knew, I knew, yeah. (laughs) Right? You get that all the time too? Well, first
2: of all, if you self-accepted, you wouldn't want to do that. No, exactly. You want to murder because society took (laughs) this free-spirited person and put you in a mental cage. Yeah. That's why you have those urges. Yeah, someone's
0: beat the shit out of you, so you want to beat the shit out of someone else, you know, whether it's mentally or physically, absolutely. So they're
2: thinking from the ego and thinking, that's the problem, is people try to perceive what life would be like outside of the trap that they're in right
0: through the filter
2: through the filter without the leap yeah so a great example would be like if you're in a relationship that isn't working and you're trying to find the love of your life at the same time how could you you're holding on to this thing and and, and you're also keeping the perception of yourself this is the most i can be it's that
0: einstein quote
2: oh what's that the,
0: the, you can't solve problems same level of consciousness right that created a right basic, right so that was really a mangled version of the quote by yeah, the way
2: yeah i know and we did it together it's all <laughs> but like someone might not have heard it so now they're just like they're like uh, they're, they're like saying going, some words what? twice because we both said the they're same like That's,
0: that doesn't sound very inspiring
2: yeah <laughs> einstein sucks <laughs> um, he was an idiot but i've discovered i've discovered so much that you know, if you're in the achiever place, you're going to do all these maybe manipulative tactics, you're going to do all these things to get everyone to like you and to sell more or whatever you have or whatever. But our job is to, in my eyes right now, and this will probably change tomorrow because I don't believe anything because I find out later it was wrong. <laughs> right. But I believe today that our job is to raise our alignment by... Which, which, by the way, is already through the roof. We just are in the way of it. I believe we're like helium balloons trying to go up, but it's caught on what people are writing on Facebook and, and <laughs> CNN, and just those are the weights that are keeping it from growing right. up. Right, yeah. But our job is to raise our alignment by letting go of things that feel heavy. Hmm. Letting go of the... Wow, I like that. Yeah. And, and like in a, a, a crazy example that I use all the time now that it happened with me and you... That there was someone who um, was going to speak at my event, and I love him to death. I I, I think he's a, he's great at what he does. I he's very good at helping people uh, position things and stuff like that, and and strategizing stuff
0: in the marketplace. In
2: the marketplace, and I have nothing but love for that. And I really don't judge that. And I think that that's a great step up for a lot of people to but my belief is a, a quote from adaptation which came from instances in my life which is you are what you love not what loves you mm. and i really believe that if you're in a place of doing what you love and not monitoring how it's going how people are how many views you're getting how much money's coming in how what right. your list is like that you will accidentally have the greatest results. But even saying that is unnecessary. It's just that's you don't even need to say that for that certainty. Just do and be what you love, period. And what I mean by that is like a five-year-old pretends he's a DJ or a singer, a comedian. Right. He's not going he's not spending the day worrying (laughs) about his set. He doesn't he goes right into being the the comedian. He doesn't spend all day yelling at his girlfriend saying, no, this joke was funnier last night. (laughs) And, and if you go to a place where what loves you, which is what society conditions us to, that's the only reason you have nerves, Yeah. first of all, right?
0: Because you want everyone to love you. Right. Yes. I hope
2: this joke goes well. Well, what does that mean? They'll laugh at me. Right. You're already out of your alignment because you're doing that. So this, this gentleman, I felt, was not in alignment with me. Hmm. And so I spent a month debating on if I wanted to have him speak at the event, and I decided not to. And two hours later or so, you were following me on Twitter Now, I'm not saying, wow, this magical thing happened. In fact, you could have very well still followed me. But it might not have been in my perception that you'd be someone that I should talk to because I saw my event having someone on that frequency and saw myself as maxed at that level.
0: Right. Right. So
2: we. So if you're a great example, if you're someone who makes fifty thousand a year, and someone tries to give you a million dollars, you won't see yourself worth it. You'll be worried right away because yeah. you'll go. That's why lottery. I was just going to say
0: exactly. That's why lotto winners. Right? Yep.
2: Because they don't have that inner alignment foundation of someone who experiences or believes that they're worth that. Yep. So that's the same thing with how you are in relationships. Who's going to be at my event? What type of job you have? Everything. So when I decided to pass on him for no reason other than it wasn't in my alignment, you were suddenly following me and we started talking that week. We spent uh, a few days together that week or a couple days and you did five of my podcasts. And for me working with you made me realize how much more in alignment I was than I thought mm. and how much more permission I actually have to do what I do, mm-hmm. especially because of who you are and what you believed and what this is. And
0: and, and this is, and this is an important point here because it, it is fascinating because there is a mirroring going on mm. at the same time. So it isn't necessarily what loves you, but there is you're you're, you're being reflected in your environment in mm. some way, and you're feeling the same. And it sounds you know horribly. We're using all this woo woo language today, but you're feeling in alignment, vibration wise, with me right. as I did with you when I saw your videos, and. And, and I tell people these days, you know, people say, well, how do you, how do you, you know, how did you, how do you get there? How do you get to where you were? And I say, oh, it's all a con game, a confidence game. It really is a confidence game. You have to believe that you're worthy to Mm -hmm. do it. And yet, one of the ways I found I was worthy, which is exactly why I wrote this piece today, which is to find your voice, you have to use your voice, is I tried it out. Mm. And you see that where you have an impact and where you don't. Right, In some way, you know, so that so it is, it is both things. It's the internal game between the ears, you know, in the head. And it is seeing your impact. Right. And seeing if it's the impact you want to be having, which doesn't always, which doesn't mean I have to rely on the impact because it's both. It's, it's It's a a dance.
2: Society is your world is a mirror. It is what you're doing. And
0: it's a dance. You take that information about like, OK, so I'm hanging with Kelly and this is feeling like, oh, my God, this is more in alignment of who I am. That doesn't mean that I am responsible now. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's such an interesting little yes. subtle language thing here. But there is – but it, because it does show though how your environment and community is important in your self-image but and your confidence.
2: it's not what loves you. It's just a mirror to where you're at. Yes, exactly. Right. It's, yeah. just, it's just feedback.
0: It is just feedback. And
2: so, and and one thing I want to touch on when you said, and and I understand this when you said not to use basically woo woo or airy fairy words, and you said alignment. I'd love to for people listening to that that do see it as a woo woo word. Right. Hear what alignment means to me, so right. that maybe they can go, oh, I get that. Yeah. If you want something in your life and it feels like you don't feel worthy of it. It feels like it's a challenge. It feels like something you couldn't do. That means you're not in alignment with it. Right. Meaning like, oh man, like if, if I told a random guy from Dayton, Ohio, who just doesn't, you know, he's just doing the regular thing and say, Hey, you should ask out Cameron Diaz immediately. He'd go, yeah, right. I can't get her. (laughs) exactly. Right. He can't get her because he doesn't feel that she is in the same alignment as he is. Right. And, and he sees himself as less worthy. He sees him, his perception of himself is smaller than she would be with. Right. And what you can do is when you continue to leap out of situations that – I was with a huge, huge agency, okay? And this agency's one of the very known agencies. And what I had done was I when I did my ninety day raw thing, I also started identifying all kinds of other things that turned out to be vices that I didn't notice. And I at one point realized that I I thought, what if I do the lecture series of colleges and I created my own pitch videos where I literally looked in a camera and I made 500 videos for every booker of colleges and literally was like, hi, this is a message for Diane Johnson of University of blah, blah, blah. This is a message. And we made 500 videos, sent them out and like 50 to 100 of them booked me. And the agency who does not believe in the transformation stuff that I teach, Mm -hmm. who was not even marketing what I was saying, was taking a cut. Right. So I'd feel this 10%. When I'd see a number come in, I'd just right. immediately picture 10% going to them. Right. So this agency was wonderful, but not I, that was out of alignment with me. Absolutely. And so I had this feeling because it felt like a weight. That's And we have all these things in our life that just feel like a weight. There yes. are people that make you feel heavier or lighter. Yes. That's it. And tasks
0: and, that make you feel heavier or lighter. Right. Yes.
2: And so, so I realized I need to let go of... This agency. Now, when I did that, my instinct, my intuition wanted to get advice because it seems so crazy. Yes. And it, I noticed that you always know your intuition because where it's choosing to get the advice from. In other words, I didn't ask some struggling comic what they thought I should do because they'd tell me I'm crazy to leave it. Right. I asked my spiritual grandma, right. Who's like, baby, leap, you're unlimited. Yeah. So I told them I was leaving and they thought I was crazy. Like, no one leaves them. Right. And, and, right. And then this is the craziest thing. A couple hours later, uh, the woman I was dating at the time goes, she goes, something's so different about you because the three years I was with them and Mm. out of alignment, Mm. I also was holding on to them and debating all day internally if I should let go of them. And I was carrying that into everything. Absolutely. When we went to dinner, I didn't know where we should go. When we went to, you know, with everything. <laughs> right. And when I let go of them and had this, I, my alignment rose because mm. I realized I don't need this. Yeah. And bizarrely, three days later, I performed at Gate at this event with Jim Carrey and Eckhart Tolle. And I came out and had this rockin' set that was totally off the cuff. And I booked several movies. And weirdly, that agency that was – the the movies were the reason I was scared to leave them. The three years I was with them, I didn't book one movie <laughs> because they sent me out on those auditions. But I was in my head yes. about – was you were not in even. Alignment. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. so because I was not in alignment, I'm in these auditions for things that I really don't want to be a part of because I'm going to be the neighbor on a WB show or some crap right. and not do what I believe in. Right. So, you know – I let go of them and all of a sudden then ironically, three days later I'm booking several movies. I did a movie that had Marion Williamson and the Dalai Lama in it. Wow. That were in alignment with me. Right, right. Versus me doing a Wendy's commercial and then, you know, things that aren't in alignment. Yes, yes. And so when I say alignment, I don't mean it like people might hear a woo woo word, but if you think there are things in your life that are dragging you down. Yeah, that just means it's not in an alignment. A- a-
0: and the, the word I would add to it is it's not in alignment with your values. Right. And that's something in coaching we talk a lot about is is your values. And I, you know, when I learned even. What that means that oh I have a set of values that I live by, Mm -hmm. and that I'm either living in alignment with them or I'm sacrificing them, and it's exactly the where the weight comes from. When when you're sacrificing your own values, you suddenly have no motivation to do certain things. You know, I mean, it's like there's just nothing there behind it because because when you're in your values and you're fulfilling your values, you actually feel
2: fulfilled. Right. It's an actual
0: sense of fulfillment. And you don't eat as much mm-hmm. <laughs> because you are actually well, feeling fuller. Totally yeah, it is because
2: when you're in when you're in a place of fulfillment. In fact, I have a crazy example of that with me attempting to diet because in the ninety days that I did the raw food thing, and then I I also did P ninety X every day. In that in that ninety days. I went from, I think, 200 down to 150. Mm. Now, wow. But what was the reason my, I don't think was the P90X and the food? Because a year later I was in a situation, I was in a relationship that with an incredible person. We just weren't in alignment at the time. Right. And I was in my head because of that. And... In that time I did a juice fast, a full juice fast, and I worked out like crazy and I didn't lose a pound. In fact, I gained weight. Yeah. And then so weird. I went on ai went on a f I went on a five I went on a five out of ten day meditation retreat. <laughs> right. And in those five days, we were not eating good food and I'm not working out at all. I'm literally sitting from four a.m. till nine PM and right. I was losing weight like so fast <laughs> right. because I believe my mind was letting go right. of who I used to be. The perception of myself kept changing. Yeah. So my past kept leaving. Yeah. Yeah. And so it wasn't holding on to some story from the past. And I was actually it was letting go of also fat cells and food and all kinds of stuff really quickly.
0: Yeah, so, it's, it is. It really is fascinating. Uh, the whole alignment thing is it's so essential. I mean, I was just today I'm uh, doing a spoken word event in Scottsdale uh, near the end of the month, August 23rd. Awesome. And yeah, I've booked it for months. and
2: I'm going to come see that, I
0: bet. It's really great. I mean, it's they like fly you in and I'm doing one story, which is like 12 minutes long or something, you know, and they treat you like a rock star and it's the Scottsdale Museum of Contemporary Art. And and because of speaking at your event and like all of the confidence I got from and feeling so in alignment and Which like getting so and awesome. the incredible you so good. feedback I got from everybody and at the same time it was like my higher self the whole time was going I told you so I told you so hmm. I told you so so when it came up um, earlier this week that I was kind of like uh, just you know making sure that everything was booked right and I got my flight for the Phoenix or, you know to go to Phoenix and stuff and I said to the lady. Um you know well since I'm going to be there and you'll pay for two nights of hotel how about the, on Saturday I we set up something where I can do a workshop for 3 mm. hours you know because I'm ready to do that And then I I, I got a hold of some other Phoenix people and like, now we've got a workshop. I'm doing a workshop now on Saturday to the 24th for three hours. And today they were like, really quick, we're going to set this up really quick. We need a blurb. We need a blurb. So I'm doing my inner GPS thing, which I came up with for your event. So that's my new kind of launching off point. Mm -hmm. Where's your inner GPS? And I needed a subtitle. And at first it was like, finding your way through You know, trying to make it all like safe or whatever. And it was like, there was no Kelly Carlin in it Mm -hmm. suddenly. And I was like, wait a minute. Why am I trying to make The safe, the people I want to come to this thing are the people that can stand me saying, "Find your inner GPS, which means who am I, where am I going, and what the fuck am I doing Mm -hmm. right now, or something like that." I don't remember what I said, but GPS stands for right. But that's what it is. That's who am I? Right? (laughs) Right? Exactly. But I had to put the word fuck in because that's who I am. That's the alignment of who I am. You know, okay, I used a little asterisk and a little hashtag thing in their little thing (laughs) so I wouldn't upset everybody. But that's who I am. And it was like, oh, that's an alignment. Mm -hmm. That title is in alignment with me. And now people get who I am. And I wrote a little description and – and when I was writing the kind of the beige description, I was like, I felt weighted. I felt like I was hiding. I felt like I was having to to limit myself and be something in order to get people to come and sit with me for three hours and hear me do my thing. And instead, the minute I wrote the other subtitle, subtitle I was like, now I'm like energized. I'm like, this is me. Let's bring mm-hmm. it on. Rock and roll. You know, there's yeah. something about... You know, so it was I totally I, totally, understand I totally get what you're saying about the alignment, and I just had literally experienced it an hour before you came here to There's that.
2: something uh, a friend of mine was doing an exercise with me once years ago called soul purpose, and mm-hmm. his his belief is that you know everyone has a soul purpose, and that if you can find what it is, then, you know, life is just effortless. And I, and we, we were working on mine and a while ago, it was more, it, it turned out to be so simple. And I realized, you know, you're in your sole purpose. If it's something you think everyone also feels, yes, meaning like, great. like we, we got to what mine is and we realized what my passion is. And when people, when people hear me, they know what my job is in my mind. What I can do for 12 hours a day is to speak the truth. Mm-hmm. And now it used to be to be a comedian. No, because Comedy is a tactic that I use. To speak the truth. And so is transformation.
0: Absolutely. A hundred percent. I mean, that's why I'm my father's daughter. I speak the truth just like he did. I just do it in a slightly different form.
2: And we would think when you hit that, well, that's too simple. Doesn't everyone do that? No, No. because there's many people whose idea is to bring in as many, like they have events and they go, I, my goal is to bring in as many people as possible and I'll, I'll say whatever I have to say to do it. Yeah. You know, or my goal is to whatever it is, but it's not necessarily truth based. It's to sell more or to, to convince people of something or to just listen. Or right, right. Yeah. Yeah. It could be anything. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, I, I think, you know, um, for for me it's uh there's always like the word authenticity is it's like yes. to be authentic and to give per- people permission you know, I think really my purpose is to give everyone permission to be themselves yes that's completely my job and so then i have to really remind myself all the time that it's safe for me to be myself
2: and and for me and that's my
0: job so i better yeah. be myself because i'm giving people permission to be themselves
2: and and a lot of people like for me mine the bi- i believe I I might be wrong on this, but I feel like the byproduct is the other people's results. My job is to evolve out loud. Mm. In other words, when you watch I my event, yeah. I'm talking, I'm coaching myself safely by pointing it out to you.
4: <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah,
2: yeah. So I come out and I'm literally sorting through my brain of what it's going through and what things mean and everything like that. Yeah, you, you're
0: very transparent. That is definitely your style. You're right. like literally saying, okay, now I just had this thought about this thing. Mm-hmm. And I just went over there for a minute. Right. And which is so amazing for us to witness then.
2: Yeah. And to me, I'm like, why isn't everyone talking like that? That, <laughs> that sounds so real and obvious. But like what I realize is what I'm doing, because by the time I'm done with my event, you'd think I'd be exhausted, but I am so zoned in. Yeah. And I felt this force behind me by the last day. Yeah, that's cool. And and uh but the, you know, having that thing where. I don't remember what I was saying anymore, but just <laughs> I just say, I know that, oh, my job, when I think it feels like more work to go, my job is to change these people or my oh, job yeah. is to convince these people yeah. of anything. Oh, yeah. Forget it's, that. I'm proving myself this stuff and I'll do it out loud. Yeah. So instead of, in, instead of writing a diary, I write it on a Facebook well, status update.
0: And that's the thing too, which is the tricky part of this stuff is, and we only have a few more minutes, but is that you're willing to evolve i mean me too i'm like i don't have all the answers i just know where i'm at with this stuff today right i'm just i'm a human just struggling with this stuff i have i've read a lot i've studied i've experienced a lot i've done a lot of work on myself and i'm a communicator it's what i do i'm a communicator and i feel like i'm i have a mission in life to just give everyone permission to just just relax and be yourself and whatever that means and yet then people set, people, what people do in the world is their egos go, okay, well, that's who you are. And that, and, and then you have to stay that way because I need you to be Kyle Cease and I need the you comedian. to, or the comedian or, or the guru. Mm-hmm. It's it's either way you're going to get the projection. I need you to have the truth, and I, you have to stay now that way because I I'm going to stay here, and as long as we stay like this, I will be okay, right? And will it all be solved? And then you go off and evolve, and maybe you change your mind,
4: mm-hmm.
0: or you or you or you or become human in front of us, and something ha- human happens or whatever. And you even said it in your event, which was so great. It was like don't start don't start projecting on me because I'm human and I will disappoint you. Yeah. You know, and, and so that's the tricky part then is to then dance with that moment where people, because people need you to be something. And, and it's, I spent the first three years after my dad's death fighting that very thing in being able to find my true mm-hmm. path and voice was that, yes, I'm his daughter, but you have no idea what that means. Right. You only, I mean, that's all you have is an idea of what that means.
2: You have his voice and.
0: <laughs> or, or and, yeah, or I'm going to be him or. Feel the
2: exact same.
0: Yes. And, 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 and in, in 99% of what my dad thought and felt, or 90 probably 92%, mm-hmm. I was in alignment with. But there's plenty that we weren't in alignment mm-hmm. with and, and plenty that people assume things my dad about him or about me that they don't know anything about, you know? You just say
2: to them, so do you agree with everything your dad says? Well, pff, totally,
0: yeah. 100%. And yeah. I think that's why I did my solo show too, was to really show people... You know, the 360 view of our lives m- m- together, my right. dad and my mom and I, because it was like, here's the, here's the whole picture. Now you decide. You know, yeah. now you've got a real understanding of the human being, not just this person on stage who, Yes, said that everyone on the planet should blow up. Did he feel that over dinner at Thanksgiving? No. Right. <laughs> he was a theatrical man. Right. So yes, but but you know, so I, I'm sure you feel that projecty thing that happens. Well,
2: I'll tell you that one thing in a way that almost crushes me that I have to just accept, I guess, is that, you know, I did this thing, this event that we just did, which was so insane. It was so much fun. It was the most solid three days of my life. It was so, and you were incredible. I just should mention for the people we had, after I hung out with you that week, you know, Dick Gregory called me and he ended up at the event and Ricky Beckwith and Glenn Morshauer and we had 350 or so in the room and it was, the, it was so solid and intense and nothing I said was planned. And and probably a total of fifteen hours came out of me at yeah. that event. Yeah. Yeah. And it was magic. It was it was really amazing. And I felt my job was just to get out of the way. That's so take cool. Take a vacation and start. And um, but what was fascinating was how many kids, or people uh, of all ages, came up. And I had said so many times this, but they don't believe it emotionally. I said, you know, you're going to perceive that. What I'm doing is just, I'm different than you. Right. And you have this, I see you as this seed that can be a forest. And, you know, you have the opportunity to leap a few times and start to see that you're, you know, so exponential and so different. And then they all, literally at the end of the event, it was so nice too and flattering, but they all lined up and gave me the, so much love and thanks, which was nice, but then also this man, so I wish I could do it and how do you do this and all yes. this stuff. Yeah. And and I was like, you know that feeling that you're hoping I say to you, do it and you'll you'll be capable of doing this. And there was a few people, I've, I've actually gotten a lot of emails from people that have leapt mm-hmm. and my friend Sarah, who you met. Mm-hmm. And this, for the people listening, this, this amazing girl who I knew from high school uh, came to my event with her husband and she was like, you know, just so you know, I'm not quitting my job or anything like that. I just want to see your event. And I was like, awesome, no problem. And on day two, I get a text from her like, I hate you and I love you because I'm quitting my job. (laughs) And then she had meditated for an hour and had this realization that Mm -hmm. in this one life, she's worth so much more. And then on day three, near the end, she was walking out of the room and I said, Sarah, come up and tell us about what you experienced. Now, here's the thing. Sarah had had a real transformation. So when she goes onto the stage... Accidentally, she just knew how to tell her story. Yeah. It came through her with a hook. I mean, she was like someone who, she was like a Byron Katie speaking. Right. You know, she had every, but it flowed through her. In fact, I said, you want to come up here? I gave her no warning or anything. Right. And she went up in tears and hooked everybody and said it. From her heart. There was no intention to hook everybody. No, because
0: she was speaking from her heart. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
2: And and that's that was more powerful than any of those guys that are just trying to be like Tony Robbins Uh, and just taking his content or close to it and saying it. And what I'm saying is like what people can gather from that. Is if you allow yourself to have a transformation from showing up, from staying in the room, from leaping out of a situation that your heart says let's get out of and, and being willing to do it with total uncertainty, mm-hmm. you will be capable of, of experiencing something and you will have unlimited content because you can talk about your transformation right. forever. Right. And that's why I was able to do the event. Yep. I didn't, people go, wow, you must have prepared for mu-. no, no, no. It's because I didn't prepare. Yeah. It's because I spoke from my core yep. and people don't understand that they're capable of it if they just leap from their certainty and, and, and stop thinking life is just this weird, long, linear line where you're just trying to get to a thing that keeps fleeting weirdly. Yep. You know, how many times do you think you, when you get something, you'll be happy? And here we are still searching.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right? I know, and you know what? People will leap when they're ready. That's yeah. something I've also learned in totally. working with people. It's like you can't make people leap until they're goddamn ready to leap. Yeah, you can't make them climb the redwood tree and get on the zip line unless they really <laughs> need, climb the zip, redwood tree and get on the zip line.
2: Well, that's very true, and I, I respect that. You can't shove a caterpillar into a cocoon. No, You're like, it's time.
0: No, it 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 gets very messy and, and very gooey right. very quickly.
2: Yeah, and you don't like goo. That's the big, big thing there. about them. <laughs> Good. you were so you were so good at my event Kelly. thank you Everybody sweetie loved you.
0: thank you thank you i hope you enjoyed it i yeah. had a blast are you kidding oh my god i told you it was life-changing yeah
2: it made me cry. I, know, I just wanted to get it on the air ah fuck you
0: <laughs> okay uh we have to go uh love you all thank you kyle for being here thanks we could well literally you know you you and i could do this for three days yeah and I, sometime we will I, I actually we will do that we for three do, days I, we are I'm we will sit here. we will sit down and do that Um, and thank you everyone for listening. Thank you everyone at Smodcast for, you know, pushing the right buttons and making the thing and doing the thing and, and doing the hijigidjigy thing. That's important too. Um, I appreciate that. Kevin Smith, thank you for, um, you know, sponsoring this lovely podcast. You're- You're a better man, as they say, as Eric Schwartz said at the beginning of the show. Um, And uh, I'm going to update my website. So all the crap I talked about, not real crap, but you know what I mean. All the stuff I talked about at the beginning of the show, I'll put on my website. I swear I'll do it this weekend. I'm breathing. I will. And uh, we're going to go out with um, Katie Goodman, the Katie Goodman that I couldn't play last week when Logan left because I couldn't find it and now I found it. So um, here's Katie Goodman with one of my favorite things that she's ever written, which is I didn't fuck it up.
5: (laughs) There's There's never been a time There's never been a time There's never been a time As fucked up as this. As fucked up as this. I didn't fuck it up. You probably didn't fuck it up. But they, whoever they are, they fucked it up. Up. I can't unfuck it up, you probably can't unfuck it up, and if we're counting on them not to unfuck it up, then we're all fucked up. Now here's where you come in. You don't have to sing. Just turn to the person next to you and ask them nicely. Did you fuck it up? Go on, ask them. How about you? Did you fuck it up? Now sit back and look at them and say, because you look like someone who could have fucked it up. Now it's fucked up. Pick ourselves up off the floor and create a tone of camaraderie and ask, could you help unfuck it up? And then say, Are you really so fucking busy you can't take one fucking man's help unfuck it up? And then lose the righteous asshole attitude and take a breath and say, Cause I'm willing to pick one thing to help unfuck it up. Won't you join me? Oh, that's better. It doesn't feel better. Yeah, I'm feeling the love. The problem is... that you just can't help feeling bitter that it's fucked up to begin with. You just go round and round like this. Okay, back with me now. I didn't fuck it up. Let it out. Come on. You know you feel it. You probably didn't fuck it up. You don't have to believe it. Just go with it for now. But they, that's right, shift the blame. They fucked it up. Now it's fucked up. That's right. Okay. Yeah, you're clapping, but. The problem is deep down inside, you're feeling depressed and hopeless, right? We're just gonna change the world. What the hell happened? Okay, I got it. We're gonna come together for this one. I need your help. We're gonna fill this room up with love and inspiration. And it won't last past the time you leave here tonight, but... Everybody on this side. Let's all unfuck fuck it up. Okay, real loud and proud. Let's all un-fuck it up. Now you gotta keep going without me when I leave you. Here we go. Let's all unfuck fuck it up. Doesn't that feel good? Keep it rolling. Now over here. We have a special part. It's a little repetitive, but it's fucked, 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 it's fucked. Can you do that? It's fucked, it's fucked. In the middle, ready? I wanna be an unfucker. I wanna be an unfucker. That's right, it's fucked, it's fucked, it's fucked, it's fucked, it's fucked. Oh, yeah, really loud. One more time with all your heart now.
3: This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at Smodcast.com. Kevin Smith and his wife, Jen Schwalbach, have traveled the globe selling out theaters left and right. The Secret Stash now proudly presents one sold-out night in London available on vinyl, as in that thing you put on a turntable. Plus one. Murica. Crank up some goddamn funny storytelling. Recounting the night that one of Smodco's royal family OD'd on weed. Pick up Plus One, Murica, in regular or limited autographed editions. Available exclusively on JayAndSilentBob.com.